Hello friends and welcome to a very short episode of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's episode number 135. It's me, Patrick, here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. It's hot, blah 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 blah. He's uh, Justin Anderson over in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, where it's even hotter <laughs> and more humid and you don't get the cool air off the harbor because you don't have a harbor because you're landlocked uh, because Saskatoon, Sask I keep saying Saskatoon, but I mean your whole province is landlocked. It sure is. It's big landlocked, yeah. Yeah. Um, aside from being scorching hot out there, uh, how you doing? Good, and I think maybe the weather is trying to reflect the play of the Blue Jays the last <laughs> the last week or so, because they've yeah, been pretty we, good. Six, we won, what, six of our last eight or something Indeed, like that? yeah. Holy crap. That six-game losing streak is long out of our rearview mirror. <laughs> Just uh, like Dunedin. <laughs> exactly. Thank goodness. I love Salem Field already. I'm feeling it. The fans are terrific. There's a home crowd again. Yeah. That's the I biggest know. thing it's, I noticed. It's fantastic. I love it. If you're interested in hearing more from us, you can go to at BFMD Podcast on Twitter. We're on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, a whole bunch more. You can check out our website, uh, Content TBD. Stop haranguing us about the content it'll be there we just need time um there, before we get into it because this is going to be a short episode i was thinking today about chocolate because i think about chocolate all the time <laughs> um let's just talk about our top chocolate picks this is this is going to be controversial but i'm a huge fan of after eight uh, it doesn't matter what version of After Eight, whether it's the little like crispy things you get in the individual like uh, paper packets in the in the tins, or if it's the little like uh, ninety nine cent candy bar version. After Eight to me is terrific formula, chocolate plus mint. Um, I don't think I would ever want to eat After Eight ice cream. I think that would probably taste gross, uh, but I do like chocolate mint chip ice cream How, where do you land on the after eight spectrum i i like after eights i used to I, I kind of associate them with christmas time for some reason my mom used to always buy like a box for like the holiday season and we'd always like it was like a treat to have an after eight and then like get to open up your little little advent calendar chocolate as well kind of at the same time so you get like two chocolates um so i kind of associate it with that for some reason but i do enjoy them i haven't had one in, in probably like five years so you, you've renewed my my interest after eight is like the hawkins cheesies of chocolate mint in um, the fact that hawkins cheesies are infinitely better than, <laughs> than anything Humpty else Dumpty or anything any other variation of cheesy yeah. yeah after eight is the tippy top everything after that dump just it's it's not good see for me i'm kind of like a i'm a bit of a like a milk chocolate person yeah um and for me like i could eat a billion jersey milk bars every day and like never be tired of them i'm also a huge fan of the of, of lindor chocolates the mm. red the red ones are my favorite and like the yeah. little balls that you can buy at like holidays as uh, well too yeah they're called lint lint, they? lint 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 lindor is the company someday, like, yeah someday we'll do a very comprehensive extensive episode <laughs> chocolate, deep chocolate dive. we'll do like a chocolate tier list and we'll compare all of our favorite players to chocolate. But in the meantime, we're going to keep this one short, like I said. So let's get right into the results of the two games. Yeah. 
Justin Anderson uh, take the wheel and take us through uh, all of that. But we do have other good news that we wanted to share. Yeah, so uh, the free agent steal of the offseason, which we thought was going to be Kirby Yates, but that didn't work out for us, uh, ended up being Marcus Semien. And he finished May as the MLB Player of the Month. It was announced, yeah, <laughs> a yes. couple of days ago, and uh, well-deserved. He led the MLB in a lot of categories. He hit, like, 350 in the month, which was better than Teoscar and better than Vladdy. So um, not to be outshone by, by those two guys, uh, Marcus was even better than them in May, and that just shows why the, the top of the lineup was producing mad runs. Um and yeah, he helped us win the first game against the Marlins on the 1st of June. We kicked off a new month. Uh, we had a good start from Robbie Ray. He went six strong innings, uh, only one earned run on six hits and a couple walks, nine strikeouts. And for the first time in a while, no home runs allowed. Oh, That's good because Robbie Ray was leading the league with uh, 14 home runs allowed so far. Granted, they've almost all been solo shots. <laughs> he still carries an ERA of 357, so he's having a very strong year. Uh, Tim Meza rebounded with a good outing. Rafael Delis struck out the side, and Jordan Romano uh, pitched a clean ninth inning. Uh, worked around a couple of walks, but was able to strand the bases loaded somehow. Um, offensively, we were carried by Vladdy, who had his first career four-hit game, believe it or not, uh, including um, three runs batted in. He was a triple short of the cycle. Um, Bo had a hit, Marcus had a couple, uh, Lourdes Gurriel continued his tear and he had three hits. His average is now over 260, Patrick Marsh. Um, and yeah, it was just a strong overall showing for the team. They led pretty much from start to, they led from start to finish. They scored the three runs in the third on the, on the bomb by Vlad and then carried it the rest of the way. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I would say like, this was like a complete victory. I wouldn't call it a stomping. Um, but you know what? I just have to say, I was really impressed and I enjoyed uh, Alcatara's performance. I know, like, he gave up three-run home run, and he, he left. This changeup is nasty. Yeah, he 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 left the game having given up. I think it was what five run or four runs and four in runs, five yeah. five innings. Yeah, uh, which is not ideal. But um, from what I saw, the stuff he had was really impressive the big mistake obviously was uh the vladdy bomb (laughs) yeah the vladdy bomb um but i mean right now vladdy is one of the hardest outs in baseball so i can't put too much on him um robbie ray it's kind of interesting sometimes he's really on other times his command just like disappears and i don't i get it like you can't be ultra consistent all the time but do you ever wonder like oh god are we on the precipice of like a robbie ray meltdown do you ever feel like that in like the third or fourth inning when he's seeing guys for like the second time for me it's when he starts pushing he his fastball gets up and up and up and so he just can't seem to bring it down a little bit and yeah that that happens and that's typically how he starts walking guys as he gets in trouble with his fastball then he tries to throw a slider for a strike and misses with it, and then he's behind like oh and two, like two and zero oh or three and zero, oh, and then he just throws another bad fastball. It seems like the walks for him are like really abrupt. They're not usually on like a full count. <laughs> it's usually like oh a four pitch walk uh, where he just like loses that release point. But he seems to be able to find it now, which is something that he's struggled with the last couple seasons. 
Obviously, we saw him walk a ton of guys last year, but he's been one of the better pitchers in baseball in terms of not walking people this year. So I think uh, those are just small blips where he kind of forgets what he's been doing and then has to remember that, okay, I'm actually a better pitcher than I was last year. I can throw strikes. <laughs> he's, he's settled in very nicely into our mid-rotation. Number two right now. Yeah, I, I guess he's our number two, although if I had to say who our second-best pitcher is right now, I guess I would say it's Ray, too. I mean, Matt still makes me very nervous Yeah. at times. I would say Ray's probably more consistent. You're right, and he's a strikeout machine. He is, yeah. Uh, so that was a 5-1 to one victory in the Buffalo home opener. Shout-out to the fans in Buffalo. for uh, The Jays sold out their first like eight games, I think, in Buffalo for like 35% capacity. And then I think they're going to move to 45%. And like having the the fully vaccinated seating like on the Blue Jays dugout side looks awesome. Like it's great to see like full sections of people and like standing when there's two strikes, cheering for home runs. The Jays didn't have that in Dunedin. It was it's it was it's weird that we didn't have a home crowd uh, in a spring training town, but obviously with Tampa Bay being so close, a lot of Ray fans down there. Um but yeah, game 2 yesterday on Wednesday. Uh, the Jays mounted a late inning comeback, and Patrick, we were we were waiting for something like this to happen with Alec Manoa in AAA, but he finally had a bad start this season, and his command just was not there at all. He walked three batters, three of the four runs that he gave up were via the home run ball. Uh, he did strike out five, but only managed to go three and a third, and left with a couple with the bases loaded before payouts came in. So it was really a shaky outing for, for Manoa after he dazzled in Yankee Stadium. But now we get to see what we wanted to see, how he's going to rebound after a bad start. And I'm really curious to see how he does that his next time out. I mean, I think I think what I like most about this game was we did see a bad performance by Manoa, which we had talked about, yeah. anticipating at some point. It happens to everybody. It happens, it happens to Max Scherzer. It happens, happens to, to Hanjin Ryu, game. yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the bullpen, holy shit. The bullpen, out of nowhere, the old Goosehead gang got to get got the band together. And uh, aside from Thornton, who gave up the solo ding dong, um, everybody was you know had clean innings. It was terrific. Yeah, yeah. Um, Payamps was great. Like he came in, got out of that bases loaded jam, didn't give up yes. anything, and then he ended up pitching two full innings, which was huge. Yeah. Got us into the sixth. Meza came in for the second straight time and had a good outing. Um, he's got an inning in two-thirds and three strikeouts in his last two efforts. Uh, Thornton, of course, like you mentioned, give, did give up a solo shot, and that ended up uh, putting the Marlins ahead 5-2 uh, five to, five to two at the time. Uh, Carl Edwards Jr. made his Blue Jay debut and gave up one hit but managed to get out of the inning. And then Anthony Castro pitched the top of the ninth, ended up picking up the win because, as everyone's aware probably by now, the Blue Jays mounted a dramatic ninth inning comeback, scoring three runs to take the to take the lead and to win the game. Uh, the big hit in the ninth inning was a Bo Bichette double down the right field line on a pitch that was basically shoulder high. Uh, Bo was once again swinging at everything last night. That was his only hit on the night, and he struck out three times and also walked. Um, Grichuk had two solo home runs, and the second one was an absolute bomb. He hit it over the screen, <laughs> yes. over the netting in left field. I love how I love when the left fielder just turns and just doesn't even st- take a step back. He just turns and watches it go. Um, Guriel again, two hits, 265 on the season for Guriel. About a month ago, he was hitting below 200. 
think we, we looked it up and he's hitting like what like 380 over his last 15 games or something like that so last 15 games he's hitting 397 397 since, since his like lo- basically what i would argue is his low point which was may the 11th or 12th he's yeah. hitting 371 since then wow that's awesome yeah. good to see that um but in the ninth inning it was uh it was, it was reese mcguire who got it all started so props to him him and yeah. Simeon had back-to-back base hits. The Blue Jays pinch ran Jonathan Davis for McGuire, and then Davis and, and Simeon scored on, on Bo's double. Uh, then they ended up walking, or Bo's triple, sorry, not being a triple because of the, the throw came home. And then they yeah. en- intentionally walked Guerrero and, and Hernandez to load the bases. Uh, Grichuk didn't, didn't, wasn't, wasn't able to advance the runners. He grounded out and they threw home and then panic hit a ball deep enough to center field for a sack fly. So that was great to see there, um, to win the game. So yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah. You, like you mentioned, the bullpen was awesome. You give up, you, if you told me that the bullpen's going to give up one ran over uh, five and two thirds innings, I'd be pretty impressed every time out. And that's what they did. So good on them. Uh, the Jays are now back uh, four games over 500 at 29 and 25. They've gained a little bit of ground. They were six and a half back of the Rays a few days ago. They're now back to four and a half uh, between them and the first place Rays. So the division is getting tighter again. Yeah. Uh, and, and now Patrick Marsh, we have the Houston Astros coming to town for three games over the weekend, starting tomorrow, Friday night, Saturday night, and then Sunday afternoon. Our starters are Hunjin Ryu, Ross Stripling, and Steven Matz. They will go against Zach Granke, who we saw last time out as well as Jose Urquidy, who we saw last time out, and Luis Garcia, who I don't believe we saw last time, no. um, but has had a good season too. The Astros are at 31-24, and 24, so they've really come along. Uh, they've been getting better pitching lately, and we're going to see three of the guys who are really responsible for that this weekend. Yeah, there's some very interesting matchups. I would say it's interesting because you look at the first matchup, Ryu versus Granky. By the numbers... The Jays have the advantage. Granky, obviously, a veteran pitcher who uh, has made many a Blue Jay look foolish over the years. Yeah. Um, And then I'd say the Saturday matchup is the one I'm most interested in because Stripling is starting to get hot. He's only given up one run over his last 12 innings since he's made the adjustments. Uh, I'm very interested to see what he can do on Saturday afternoon against Jose Urquidy. He, he didn't. Uh, he didn't pitch well the last time he was in when we were in Houston either. That's one of the starts where he got lit up. Yeah, I'm very interested to see whether or not they've scouted the adjustments the Stripling yeah. has made. Uh, and then I think Sunday will probably end up being the rubber match, and you've got Luis Garcia who is having one of the hottest starts uh, in Astros history. Uh, as far as the start of his career. Yeah. Um, he's 4-0 and oh with a 1.57 ERA in his last four starts. That's it, that's intimidating. Um, Matt's, on the other hand, he's, I don't know, he's up, he's down. Sometimes his, uh, we see his velo go up. Sometimes he fans 10. Other times he gives up a bunch of walks. And a bunch of runs. He was great remember, in New York. Yeah, like it's just sometimes he's way up, sometimes he's way down. Uh, last week he had a bad start, followed by a good start immediately. So Sunday is very interesting. Um, this is, 
I wouldn't say this is a season-defining series, because even if we get swept, we're still above 500. But this is an opportunity for us to really uh, press a team that you could argue has been better than us throughout the season, but we're coming in with some hot pitching. Right. Know. Yeah. Interesting. Um, basically, that's really all we have to talk about today. The one thing I wanted to mention is George Springer's been running the bases and taking fly balls. So he's getting closer. I believe my hunch would be that he'll be, he may go on a rehab assignment as soon as next week. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we see that. Um, maybe because the Blue Jays are going to go back out on the road, I believe, right? So uh, it would be a good time to, to keep Springer and send them down to the AAA Bisons who are playing in, in Trenton this year um, when the Blue Jays go to Chicago and Boston. And then maybe he'll be back for the homestand against the Yankees, perhaps. On the fifteenth, that would be nice. Um, but we were we were messaging in our chat, and we were talking about well, what happens to the batting order when Springer comes back? Because the way Marcus is Simeon's or Simeon's been playing, it's tough to justify taking him out of that leadoff spot when he's hitting as well as he has been. So, in your mind, Patrick, where does Springer slot in when he comes back? Does he go right to leadoff? No. Uh, you got to ride the hot bat as long as you can, and it's got to be Marcus Simeon. Yeah. If if and when he cools off, because I mean, you know, above averages, uh, regressing to the mean and all that. Yeah, he's not going to hit three fifty all year. Yeah, it's. I mean, I mean, it would be it's nice. Highly, <laughs> it's highly improbable. Uh, if he does, that's great. He'll probably win an MVP award, but he won't. Uh, and that's okay. He's not supposed to. Um, I say keep it, and then I would move Bichette personally. I would move him down fifth or sixth. And I would move Gurriel up because Gurriel is hit, is so hot right now. And I don't really understand why they keep pushing and forcing Bichette into that role when they could be cashing in more runs off of Gurriel's productivity. Right. So when Springer arrives, I'm thinking until he gets hot, six or seven, which is low. But remember, this is a loaded lineup. We lead the we lead the league in OPS. Yeah. So it's not meant to be an insult on Springer. It's just let's go with who's hot right now, and then in the long term, obviously Springer probably going to lead off. He'll certainly lead off next year because we're. It's not likely we're going to sign Samin. Probably where not. Land, where, where do you land on all this? Yeah. So, in an ideal world, for me. Uh, the lineup ends up being Springer, Samin, Vladdy, Teoscar, Bo, Gritch, Guriel, Biggio, and then Jansen, whoever is catching that day in the ninth spot. Uh, I think when Springer gets back, I think you hit him in sixth. I, I would like to see Bo not in the two-hole. I think Vladdy should be there right now. I would put Bo third. I think Bo is better with runners on base. He seems to come up with the bases empty quite a bit. We saw last night in the ninth, right? He cashed in two with the with the with the double. Um, yeah, he definitely seems to perform better with runners on base. I think when there's nobody on base, he gets that like home run mentality where he just wants to like score himself and not leave it to chance. Versus when there's somebody on base, I think he gets that approach where he will shoot a ball to right field yeah. instead of just trying to get pull happy with it or hit it to center field and hit it hit it far. Um, I yeah, Springer's going to end up in leadoff. I think we probably see him there before the end of July, if I would 
guess on a timeline. I don't think I don't think Samin's gonna stay hitting 350 for the next two months. So I, I would assume Springer gets there by the end by the trade deadline. I think he gets back to the leadoff spot. Um, yeah, in a perfect world, I think Bo hits fifth for a while, fifth or sixth. But Wade Grichuk's been swinging the bat. I don't know if you want to hit him any lower than fifth either. So it's it's really difficult. It's it's a it's an embarrassment of riches, really. Like you like you said, right? We're leading the league in OPS. So uh, I think as long as the team keeps putting up the runs that they have been putting up, obviously we've scored five and then six in our last two games those are enough runs to win you most ball games i think if it's not broke we just don't worry about fixing it we haven't really been shut down too much lately we've had a lot more uh blowouts in our favor than we have had against us so i think i think the team just rides the current order but yeah there will be some questions when springer does come back for sure of like where do you put him right away because i mean we, we had joe panic hitting sixth um the last two games so i think it's pretty easy to maybe put Springer in a sixth spot instead of Joe Panic. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be very. It, I'll be interested to see if they do uh, move the lineup around a little bit against Houston. I, I doubt it. Yeah. Uh, it is uh, three righties. Yeah, we'll we'll ride it. We'll let it ride. Yeah, we'll probably let it ride. I love the matchup, the Sunday matchup. How we have, like, we're going lefty, righty, lefty. Yeah, I love that because that's really that's gonna play, uh, I think a, a little bit of a role, and if if Ryu can outduel Granky, that's a really good setup for strips, especially with him getting his off-speed stuff working. Yeah, um, it'll it'll and, be the first time the Astros play in Buffalo too because they didn't play against us last year. It's this is an this is probably the most exciting uh, series I would argue we've had all year because. The stakes are a little bit higher, and we have everything we want going into this. Everybody's hitting well. Um, all our guys are either hot or continuing to get hot. Uh, Strips has figured it out, and we're going left, right, left in in pitching matchups, and I yep. love that. That's yeah. really going to mess with Houston hitters. I hope you're right. We'll go from – and the velocity is going to increase every start too, right? Ryu's going to start with the slow fastball, the great changeup. Stripling's going to amp it up a little bit, and then Mats will have the high 90s stuff. So that'll be good. Um, yeah, that's really all we got to talk about today. We've got some we've got some stuff in the works for, for Monday's episode. The Blue just have an off day. We'll be about a third of the way through the season. So uh, keep an eye out on that. We'll try to bring you some something really cool. Uh, but in the meantime, as Patrick said at the beginning of the show, find our stuff on Twitter at BFMD Podcast on our website, which is bfmdpodcast.com. And take a listen. Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Send us your questions on Twitter. We've had a few great ones coming over the last few weeks, so we'd love to answer more of those on the show. And uh, give us your feedback. Let us know if we're doing a great job. If we sound like we don't know what we're talking about, let us know that too, and we'll try to get better. Uh, For Patrick Marsh out in Halifax, it's a sweaty Justin Anderson here in Saskatoon. And see you guys next time.